Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm really good. How was your weekend? Uh, it was nuts. It was nuts. Sorry, you had the garage door open for you when you got here. Yeah, I had to knock on the door. Well, you know... How, the, how inconvenient. When it gets chilly outside... Yeah. All the critters want to... So, for those that don't know, yeah, we shoot inside. this in Aaron's garage. <laughs> this, is, this is where we record this. That? It's a fruit fly. It's flying all around. Probably came with me. We have them at our house. Yeah? You know what would take care of those fruit flies? Not having any fruit a in big, the house. A big spider. Oh, I, I would just prefer no fruit in the house. No fruit? Yeah. You don't like fruit? No. I sure I eat it. Huh. What what do you like? Fruit wise? No, just food wise? You, you don't like green stuff really. I like some I make a lot of jokes about not eating well, but there are there are some fruits and vegetables I actually do enjoy. Okay. I like pears. For example, well, pears are delicious. I like bananas. I like apples. How do you feel about uh, the mango? Nope. No mangoes. No, not a big Why citrus not? guy. Um, you're from Florida. I know. Wow. I love avocados. It's not a fruit. No, but I'm, it's green. I love broccoli. I love cauliflower. I love carrots. Oh, oh, you really do. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I eat all those things. Um, I hate peas. I hate green beans. Yeah, peas are. That's just a throw. Joe loves Brussels sprouts. I can't stand Brussels sprouts. Really? Yeah, yeah, Brussels are good. I can make Brussels sprouts that you'd like. Attacked, <laughs> dude. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm. I'm jumpy and I haven't been sleeping well. <laughs> It's just a fruit fly. No, it's not because of that. It's because of what I told you, ex- my wife experienced. Well, yes. Yeah, you had a giant spider in the house. I told you about the one on our bed, and then you guys had a... But you never saw the spider. You just heard about it. Yeah, I know, but the pro- that's the problem. Had I seen it, I would have been like, ah, it's not a big deal. But because, like, the folklore of it now, yeah. she said that it was, th- it was the size of her palm. You, you know, there are tarantulas in Nebraska. Look stop. it up. Stop. Nebraska oh, does have tarantulas. Gracious. Oh, stop talking about it. My, I have a second grader who is, um, oh. as you know, a animal aficionado. He's a genius as well. He reads every book on animals. And there is a non-poisonous tarantula that is in Nebraska. And it likes to be in creek beds or near water. <laughs> Guess where you live? <laughs> it was probably a tarantula. Sarah said that she hit it with the vacuum cleaner and it was still moving. I mean, yes. that's a tarantula. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that she said is that you know they the can legs have were not four hundred babies it. a year. It. We had the guy come out. So you know, have you seen arachnophobia? Yeah, I have. Where he gets into you know, the house oh and he sees gosh. them all. Yeah. Yes. That could be your attic right now. Because he thought it... We had the guy come out. They could we had like the guy come, come out. through the vents. She was screaming. I saw... So What I would was, you do if, like, out of your little air vent, you I, saw one of those little legs sticking out just waving at you? Hello, Aaron. I'd burn the house down. <laughs> uh, she called me. Screaming. Oh, go ahead. I'm looking up tarantulas in Nebraska stop it. to show Just you a stop picture. Stop doing it. I don't want to. No, do not show me a picture. It's not very kind of you. She called me screaming, shrieking, and screaming for five minutes. I was at Starbucks. She scre- I had. What can I do? Tarantulas in Nebraska. I was outside talking to her on the patio at Starbucks, and a girl drove by who I know. Mm-hmm. And she's like, everything okay? So I kind of like filled her in on, uh, on what was going on. She was kind enough to text Sarah later, just checking, see who won, the spider or her. And of course, my friend, I told you about my college friend, Jeff Milkey, who uh, played the, the spider on the bed prank mm-hmm. to me. 
I, I've, it's just the season. I don't want them coming in. I want them to stay outside. We had the spider guy come, sprayed on the inside of the house. We're good to go. Nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see this. Tarantulas are not native to Nebraska, but there have been reports of them in the state. Well, yeah, as pets. <laughs> no. As pets. Loose. Not loose. Loose. The largest natural spider in Nebraska is the wolf spider. Yes. And I'm sure that's what it was. And how, how big can that get? Wolf spiders lay 1,000 eggs a year and can grow up to four inches. Yeah, that's what it was. I just made that up. <laughs> you know, you're not very kind. Oh, that's a huge spider. Look at that guy. That's a wolf spider. They can get big. Oh. They love to hide in shoes. How was your weekend? <laughs> I like Spider your t-shirt. Thank you. Sporting the Notre Dame. Yeah. Another big win. Yeah, yeah we did. They roll. Yeah. yeah. That was a good win. That was fun. Uh, I don't know. Weekend? Um, Peyton had her final volleyball games of the season. So now we have a couple of weeks off till the tournament. So that was fun. She's doing really good. She's getting better and better yeah. at volleyball. Um, it was kind of a slow weekend. This week, this week's going to be pretty pretty busy. We have a funeral, a wedding, and church, and some. Um, so yeah, last weekend was kind of slow. So that was nice. Just spent some time around. Hudson watched his first Notre Dame game start to finish with me. So that was fun. It was a good first one to watch. The first one he's watched? Well, I mean, he'll pop in and out, but not, like, sit and, like, watch. You know? Like, he'll hop in and out and watch for a couple minutes. But, like, he's really gotten into football lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, he's starting to know all the players. And it's just cool that yeah. that switch has flipped. And But, yeah, he sat and watched the whole game. and I, So I let him stay all the way up to 10 with me and watch nice. the ending. And he loved it. That's cool. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, life's good, man. I love this weather. This is my favorite weather. Same. Shorts and long sleeve t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Like when you can wear that comfortably. Yeah. I'm wearing shorts. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when you can wear that comfortably, that's my favorite weather. And the golf tournament for Sunday looks beautiful. It's going to be like 72 70. and sunny. Yeah. So that's going to be nice. It's going to be fun. Yep. Shout out to, uh. Golf USA, they came through with the donation. Oh, okay. Awesome. Putter. Yeah. Oh, they donated a putter? They did. What kind? sweet. I don't know. You know what my... A sp- golf putter. You know what my putter is? Odyssey? Spider. <laughs> Why? It is. I'm going to edit all this out. That is what it's called. It's a tailor-made spider. That's what it's called. I'll tell you what. And I use it well. You do. Yeah. I like a big, heavy putter, and it is. Yeah. It's like one of those big it is. blocks. I, I tried hitting with it. And yeah. I can, <laughs> I can, yeah. Golf's not my game. I know that. So, golf's not my game. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a blast. Great weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, hate to miss it, but. Oh, and uh, thanks to you. Oh. Uh, last week, talking about rucking. Yes, you get to go rucking. Yeah, I get to go rucking Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. Yes. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. So Eric Frohart, our our friend um, and uh, workout guru, he is. He he's organizing uh, Saturday morning rocks, mm-hmm. and uh, in um, oh my gosh, the lake uh, Zerinsky. Zerinsky. Mm-hmm. And so I live I live right there, so I don't have an excuse. So I got roped into. He <laughs> heard about all our discussion of rocking, yeah. and he uh, he roped me in and. So, but yeah, he, he's got a group and mm-hmm. of guys and or gals, if you want to rock, uh, just good exercise. And, but he has like, I told him cause he was like, yeah, come on out. And he, but he has like this, like really cool, like 
you know, he's a former Navy SEAL. He's got this, like, cool rock yeah, pack yeah. with it, weights. And I was like, I don't have one of those things, man. He's like, oh, just wear a backpack. I was like, oh, okay. You guys look all awesome Wh- in your, like, ruck gear, and I look like my kids pretending to be pregnant. I mean, Wh- like, that's what they do. Why does it have to be you look? I'm going to be walking around a park with a backpack on my front with a weight in it. Yeah? That's what my kids do when they pretend to be pregnant. I'm going to look <laughs> ridiculous. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be cool. You're going to love it. I think you're going to love it. And it's going to be good for you. It's, it's better than running. You know, you don't get the, the joint pain, I guess. Sure. And stress on that lower back. I don't know. <clears throat> he says it's good. I trust him. If he says it's good, it's good. You yeah. know? Are you going to start rocking? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Why? What, just... what you say that, like, skeptical? Because you, yeah, I don't know, you schedule things and then you, you sign me up for things and then you bail on me. I signed you up for this. You're this the, was his idea. You, who told him to listen to the podcast to hear about us talking I said about I gave, rucking? I said I gave you a shout out. Yeah. He, told, he told me before that, he said, I really want Justin to go. Because he's concerned about your well-being and your, and your uh, physical health. Well, As he should be. He's sweet. It's important. It is. It is because you are... The uh, leader, you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to lead with. Well, now I'm rocking Saturday mornings. Right. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. It was 6. It, yeah. So. They knew I wouldn't show up. <laughs> the spiders are still out at 6. They are. Around that lake. Yeah. That body of water. Yeah. I, there's probably tarantulas around Zerinsky. I see one, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be able to hear you screaming. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know. I'm with you though. This is a great time of year. I love it. Weather, football, uh, all things pumpkin. Wendy's has a pumpkin spice frosty. Are you a pumpkin guy? Yeah. You do all the pumpkin spice stuff? No. Okay. So what do you mean you're a pumpkin I guy? I mean, I would. It's not. It's got like a lot of sugar. <laughs> so I try Oh, not. stop. What? <laughs> what? I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's oh. delicious. Mm, I'm not a pumpkin. Yeah, pumpkin. Oh, no? No. Pumpkin spice frosty. Oh, come on. Let's go. That sounds amazing. Not a pumpkin guy. I had, a, I had an experience the other day. I... Uh, um, I, I wore a shirt and for some reason the buttons keep popping open. It's a button down <laughs> short sleeve shirt. Okay. Getting back to sugar and the buttons keep popping open. So that tells me that I got to really lock it in because <laughs> that shirt should fit. And if I breathe wrong, a button shouldn't pop open. Yeah, right here. This one. That's not a fat thing. That's your chest. Yeah. That's because you're working out no, so much. No, it's not. That is not what it is. Yeah. If it's up here, how mm-hmm. does that have anything to do with your belly? That's your chest. You just keep flexing while you walk and you're popping it open. <laughs> you're it ripping your shirts off. No. It's, it's, I, my weight has been. You're like the. Ticking up. Well, muscle weighs more than, than fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You work out all the time. Why are you always worried about your weight? I'm because. You're I'm like not... Antonio Banderas from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, I'm going <laughs> to take my shirt off. No, you can't. But they must. No, too sexy. Too sexy. <laughs> but they must. <laughs> you, you know that episode? He keeps taking off his shirt. I must take my shirt off. No, two six. That's a really good impersonation. Yeah. But I must. (laughs) That is really good. I was hoping. That's you. I was hoping Sunday morning. As you're sitting there playing your toes. No, stop it. Your buttons are (laughs) coming up. The wind starts blowing. I was hoping Sunday morning, speaking of impersonations, that you would have pulled out one of the most famous lines and done an impersonation based on on your message. What? Well, can you imagine what it would be? No. What was the message about? Truth. Yeah. Oh, you can't handle the truth. Yes. Yes. I, I want can't... the truth. 
I can't do Jack. Yes, you can. I can't do Jack. Sure you can. Who can do Jack? Lots of people can do Jack. I can't. I bet you can. No. I can do Tom Cruise. Okay. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> that's a great movie. It really is. Yeah, that's you know, that I was love one of long, the most. And I, I didn't get into movie. to suits. Have you gotten into suits yet? Never watched it, no. Oh. Do you like you know, wall here's, stuff? Here's here's it. Yeah, I do, but here's the problem I have with suits. Um well, I have two problems with it. Okay. Okay. Problem number one is whatever, you know, like when you're on, is it like a Netflix or something? Yeah. So you like, you just like scroll and then yeah. it'll pop up like a trailer yeah. for it. And the trailer is so campy. I'm like. Campy? What does that mean? Like, eh, you know, like what, what does campy mean? Like trying too hard, a little over the top. Oh. It's the show's fantastic. Okay, so the show's fantastic. That's the problem number one. It's like eh, a little campy for me. Problem number two is like, isn't Meghan Markle in it? Yes. Yeah, I'm out on her. She's delightful. You'll She's love her. delightful. Yes, she is the least delightful person. That's ever. Th- this is the biggest. Those of you, so like, I don't follow the whole uh, royal family drama. I mm. I know nothing of it. I know I know the players and stuff like that, but I don't know what it's all there. But I am telling you, from watching Suits, I could not possibly believe all those bad things about her. She is delightful in the show. Joe and I have talked about this. We're like, don't people talk bad about her? Like, she's amazing in the show. You love her. You know who she reminds me of? The Duchess of Wessex? I don't know if I can... I don't know. What was that? (laughs) Duchess of Wessex? Isn't that what she is or something? You just don't don't follow it. You do. You even know her title. I made that up. (laughs) For sure you did. (laughs) You know what I can't get on board with? What? Speaking of, like, fame. This this whole Taylor Swift, Kelsey thing. Oh, I know. I I don't like him. I can't stand him. Why not? I, I just don't like him. I'm not a, a Kelsey fan not at a Kelsey all. Kelsey fan? I, I don't like the Chiefs. I don't like Mahomes. I don't like Kelsey. You don't Can't like stand Mahomes? Him. No. Not as bad. I watched that quarterback show. Did you ever watch that? Yeah. Um, I softened a little bit. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I'm not a fan of his. Yeah, we're building a bit of new house here. And, it's, yeah, it's got a football field. And it's got a basketball court in here. And, uh, yeah, daughter's going to love it. It's going to be he's great. He's only one of the Muppets. I know. That's what you think he sounds That's like? That's what he sounds like. Yeah, he sounds he's a little, little Kermit the Frogish. I guess, yeah. Yeah. He does kind of have that voice. Yeah, I'm out on. I mean, I think I like him. I, I'm, I don't know, Kelsey, one way or the other. I think it is kind of fun she to have, like, so kind of a, like, dude. Taylor Swift. It is so contrived. It's all for publicity. Yes. None of this is real. You don't they're think they're dating. Actually, You don't think so? No. Well, why would she need the publicity? Yeah. There's man. nothing in it for her. Oh, really? Why would she need the publicity? No. She's the biggest thing on the planet. Yeah. I I think they're really a thing. No, not a thing. It's contrived. She's got to date somebody. Mm-mm. No. Not dating. It's all made up. Well, but he really likes her because hasn't he been pursuing her for a while? That's what they said. No. I I think it's fun to have kind of a like big couple like that that okay. everybody watches. Because I'm a royalty family right. lover. Yes, exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, they had start so... watching Suits. You're gonna just watch the first season, and you will be like, you know what? I think everybody's wrong about her. She she plays a very sweet young lady in that show. I mean, she, she must be a really good actress then. What? I I think she's delightful. Okay. I will watch Suits. You watch their Netflix special. Oh, I'm going to when yeah. we're done with Suits. I don't want it to impact my Suits. <laughs> and at it's the like end, I'm... you already had it planned. I'm going. You're so full of it, man. I will. Yeah, I love. I love documentaries. <laughs> but suits, you should watch it. Okay. If How you like lost stuff, eight seasons. It's great. I I never knew this show. Eight existed. seasons. Yeah. And now, like Joe and I just like got done with season level. four. We love it. Okay. All right. It's a good show. Back to lost stuff. Yes. A few good men. Great movie. 
You want answers? Oh, I want the, that. I when want the I truth. walked out of that movie theater, I was exhausted. Yeah, that was a great movie. I was so, like, it was unreal. Yeah. You can't handle Right? Yeah. Come on. You can't handle so the truth. This this past Sunday. And places you don't want to talk about. Yeah, that's right. We need a wall. Yeah. And we need people with guns to yeah. protect it. Yeah. And you joke about honor and code at your parties. Yeah. Oh, that that is a it. great, oh, great Oh, man, scene. I'm telling you. That, you that's need like me on time. that wall. You want me you on want that me, wall. You need me on that wall. You snotty little <laughs> so-and-so. <laughs> truth. Walls and truth. Yeah. Wow. I missed it. It's a, like a few good men message. Sermon. Yeah. Yeah. You should have shown a clip. I should have. That is one of... I, that would have to be, yeah. One of my favorite times. times. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Oh, man. What would you say are your top three movies? Ooh. Schindler's List. Oh, that's rough. What's that rough? Why is it rough? I just watched uh, Band of Brothers. I've never seen it. Oh, um, in one of the one of the episodes, they rest, they uh, liberate a concentration camp. Ooh. I don't know how they filmed it. Same thing know. with Schindler's List. It's like I don't know how, how they filmed it. How are these people? How, yeah, I mean, skeleton. people had to starve themselves to be in the scene, or they did some type of camera tricks i mean like yeah it was it was hundreds of people like yeah skin and bone right. you're like how how did you film this but it was whew, it was hard to watch mm-hmm. hard to watch yeah but yeah schindler's let's okay yeah 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 for sure like that's one of my top i love it i i love it's it here's the thing it's a powerful movie i can only watch it like once every few years yeah because it's just so yeah you know, Saving Private Ryan, same way. Yeah. You know, it's just like heavy. It's so, so good. Oh, man, you ought to watch Band of Brothers. Yeah. I don't watch, the problem is I don't, I don't watch it, TV. It was hard to watch, though. Was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very real. Just like Saving Private Ryan was. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, there's a scene in Saving Private Ryan that haunts me because I think about it often. Not often, but every once in a while I'll think about it and just be like, oh, when the guy's getting stabbed and the guy is speaking German, you remember this? And, and the American's just like, wait, 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 what are you saying? Oh, like, yes. He's like, de- like, I'm dying. Like, what are you mm-hmm. saying? Like, oh, that, that just guts me. Because I just think of like, yeah, what a horrible feeling. Not only are you being stabbed and dying, mm-hmm. but like he's saying, like, what do you say? What, what is right. this last moment? What are you saying? Yeah. You know? Like the humanity on both sides. Yes. Like the 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 soldiers are not the ones making the decisions to, oh, to do what that they're scene doing, just you know? guts me. Yeah. What's number three? Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I do love. I do love World War Two based movies. Clearly, clearly, yeah. Inglorious B words. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that movie's amazing. Yeah. That movie Man. is incredible. You need to watch Band of Brothers. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's a 10-part series, but it's real. It follows Easy Company of the 101st Airborne. And it's a real story. They have the real guys. Like at the intro and exit to each episode, the real guys are talking. Oh, wow. And then they it's their actual journals and story. It's the real story of Easy Company. Sweet. It, it was really good. Again, like, the, the channel, like I just don't have... I don't sit down. Yeah, but it's one of those because you said you fall asleep watching TV. You don't fall asleep watching one of these. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like, so when am I gonna? I'll just get up at like 4 a.m. <laughs> Turn on. Yeah. <laughs> get some coffee. Uh, yeah. I I watched. Man, I finished it. I don't know a week or two. Well, maybe less than a week ago. And yeah, I was I I was misting up on that the ending. I mean, because it's the real guys talking at the end, and you're just like, these guys did this. Unbelievable. And then they just go back to regular jobs, you know? Right. Three years of that hell. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, yep. Yeah. And I went back to driving a cab and I went back to, you know, oh. Well, and the character in, in uh, Saving Private Ryan, um, Tom Hanks' character, was, was a teacher, was right. a school teacher. And they were always like, 
I wonder what he does. Like, what's he do? I heard he does this for a living. I heard he says, yeah. you know, I was like, no, he's just a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Truth. Truth. Can you handle it? Here we go. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're in Nehemiah 8 and 9, and we're talking about truth. Um, uh, when we talk about how do we be a set-apart people for the Lord, um, one of the things that needs to be the hallmark of who we are is that we cling to truth, that we actually seek out the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's hard, but I, I, I said I, I think that's the first step, is you have to be willing to hear the truth, even if you don't like it. You need to hear the truth about yourself. You need to hear the truth about the world. You need to hear the truth about your worldview. You know, like if we're going to be ostriches with our head in the sand, um, we're no good to ourselves and we're no good to anybody. And we're no good to the church as a whole. Um, That, uh, you know, the the reality is, is when like, you know, you have that person that loves you and cares about you and is like, okay, do you really want to hear this? And you have that moment of like, hit me. Like, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so why are you giggling? I, I'm thinking of my dad. My dad always says, I'd rather people talk about me behind my back than to my face. <laughs> it's, um, what? It, yeah. The opposite, you know, but he, I don't know. I don't know if he's serious or not, but, um, <laughs> but we, we, we have to be people that seek out the truth. Um, and then allow that truth to uh, permeate who we are mm-hmm. and, and how we live out our, our lives. And so we, we talked about that, that the, the place that truth is found is in the Word of God. He's the one who created the world. He's the one who designed the world. He's the one who created us. He knows how it's supposed to work. And so in the Word of God, we find <clears throat> truth. Mm-hmm. And so the, the three truths that we find in the, in the word, A, is um, the truth of who God is. And I think this is a huge battle in our church, uh, all churches, is creating a God of our own beliefs. Um, you know, I, I think of like Andy Stanley, oh, someone I look up to, um, you know, like his book, Deep and Wide, you know, what was it, two a decade ago when mm-hmm. I read it, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, that, that really inspired me. I, I read it as I was getting ready to plant Grace Hill mm-hmm. and it gave me a whole bunch of encouragement, a whole bunch of words. And I've gone to his conference, I think twice, you know, um, to, to hear him speak. And, uh, but yeah, like just this week, you know, he's caving on homosexuality and he's, you know, justifying it by saying like, God, uh, or this church doesn't draw lines, it draws circles, you know, and, you know, I, he said like, it's unrealistic to tell a homosexual, um, that they have to be single for the rest of their life or that they have to marry someone they don't love. Um, and he's saying that, you know, the church needs to have empathy and compassion on these people that are same sex attracted that you can't, you can't just ask them to do these things. Like you need to create circles, not lines is his, his stance. Um, and, and that's, that's one of those things where we're creating a God of our own creation mm-hmm. because God already drew the lines. Um, and a circle has lines as it is, you know, like it still has lines. Um, and, uh, and I know what, what his point is, he, what he's trying to say. Um, and I agree that that's the complexity of the situation is what do you do? You know, how do you, how do you minister in, but we don't do it by telling them that their sin is excused. We, we do it by lovingly trying to call them into something better. Um, and so what we do all the time with truth is we either are ignorant of all the things that God says. And so we fill in the blanks of what we don't know with what we assume or what our reason tells us. And there's these people all the time of like, you know, they, they are marginally invested in church. They are marginally invested in, in God. Um, they have not read their Bible. They don't know what it says. They don't know what God reveals about himself in the Bible. And, you know, they'll be at work and someone will ask them, well, what is, what, what is like your church or what does God say about this? And their answer is their own idea, mm-hmm. not what God says, but their own idea. And that's the first thing is like, 
the, the, the truth of the, the first truth that comes out of reading God's word is who God really is. And that's important to know. What does God really say about who he is and what are the hard things and what are the good things, mm-hmm. you know? And so either out of ignorance, we don't know what he says and we just kind of fill in the blanks ourselves or out of stubbornness, we, we don't accept what God says and we pick and choose and create this God of our own creating. Yeah. The pick and choose, the, the, you know, pointing to specific things and, and using them in your own context for justification uh, is a really dangerous game. And if you want to use the Bible as a, <laughs> simply to um, be source material or citing it for your own, yeah, for your own agenda is is wrong, right? And and I said, when you hear someone saying, "Well, I think God," "Well, I think God," "Well, I think God," that's not someone to listen to. When someone's saying the Bible says mm-hmm. or the Word of God says, you know, like um, that, that's. And if you are the person saying, well, I think God, wrong, wrong. It's not what you think. You don't have to think. God tells you. Yeah. God tells you who he is. And the first step of, of truth is knowing the truth of who God is. Um, you know, and that's a challenge because there are parts of the Bible that you go, whoa, God would do that. Mm-hmm. God would say that. God would <laughs> allow that. And it's like, well, yeah, let's. Let's just be real about who God is. You know, the people that walk around, God is love. God is love. Mm -hmm. They cannot handle the whole other parts of the Bible that show that God is wrath, Mm -hmm. that God is justice, that God is vengeance, judgment, that God is judgment. And they're just like, oh, that's not the God. And it's like, no, you're, you're being stubborn or you're being ignorant, but we, we're not going to hide who God is. God is who he is. And if we try to throw out, <clears throat> the all all the things that you referenced the the uh, the justice the vengeance the wrath then what is the need for a savior right what are we being saved from right and I mean this is hard for people to hear the person in the Bible who talks the most about hell is Jesus mm-hmm. and people are like what yes. If if you go line by line, who what what person in the Bible talks the most about hell and damnation? It's Jesus, mm-hmm. because exactly what you're saying. He is a savior. He is saving you from something, right? And he is telling you what he is saving you from. Mm-hmm. What do you say to to those who, um, going back to it's not what I'm saying, it's what God says, and right. we have this book that we can go to. With God's word. Yeah. Um, what do you say to those who say, well, that's, that was relevant for that time. Right. Um, or that was, you know. That's a deep that question. That wasn't a literal. It, yeah, I know. It Be, wasn't it was, a so literal. So stick on the first one real yeah, quick. Okay. Um, because th- there is part of that that's true. There are things in the Old Testament that when Jesus comes, he says, now, now those old things have passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people take that to mean Anything I don't like in the past, in the Old Testament, I can just say, well, that was the Old Testament, God. Uh, but he was talking about more ceremonial things. He was talking about things that um, that made you uh, a set-apart people for God. Yeah. You know, like the all of the, the customs, all of the traditions, all of the practices, all mm-hmm. of the sacrifices. Yes. All, like the Old Testament system, uh, ceremonial system. All of that has passed away, what you can eat, what you can't eat. Mm -hmm. Um, But he says the word will never pass away. The law will never pass away. Um, And the law is the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And so we we still live by that in the New Testament. Um, And that's still the decree by which we are called to live our lives. So, yeah, when people are like, well, that was old-fashioned. Okay, yeah, God's not asking you to not wear clothes of three different threads and not eat, you know, pig and Mm -hmm. all that. But he is still holding you accountable to the Ten Commandments. He is still holding you accountable to what Jesus has said, you know. Um, And then the next part, well, that's not literal. Um, You you know, uh, once again, the, the Bible... Um, in the way it was recorded, uh, the, there are men and women that have de- dedicated their whole lives to this. You can translate it and you can find those things. Um, there are 
you know, just like in e- English, we have different different contexts and we have different um, uh, different uh, conjugations of verbs mm-hmm. and different, you know, and each one means something different. There are, you know, so so we can know when it's when we see it in its original Greek and Hebrew, whether that's a literal, whether that's a figurative, whether that's a you know, demonstrative or whether it's a passive verb or, you know, like we, we can tell these things. And so we, we know when Jesus is saying, you know, a parable, (laughs) like obviously that's not a real thing. That's a story to illustrate a point. But when Jesus is is speaking in the declarative, that is direct, Mm -hmm. you know, that is literal. Um, So we can know those things. Um, The biggest thing is back to the point, do you want to hear the truth or not? Do you want to hear the truth of who God is yeah. or not? Because if you're going to go, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, all you're doing is saying, I don't want to hear the truth of mm-hmm. who God is. I want to believe the God that I want to believe in. And that's nothing. I mean, like, we, we mock the, you know, the old pagans in the Old Testament that would, like, carve an image of a God out of wood. And then, like, sacrifice to it. And we're like, how dumb is that? You carved it with your own hands. And then act like it's some type of God. Mm -hmm. And yet we do the same thing today with creating some God that doesn't exist and saying, this is who I worship. Mm -hmm. It's the God who says this, but also this. This, but also this. Mm -hmm. And and someone could go, where does that God exist? Where does that God reveal himself? Well, he's the God of the Bible. No, it's not. That's not the God that reveals himself. Mm -hmm. You're making up your own God. And when you make up your own God, you're making yourself God. Well, and that's the deeper point, is when you pick and choose what of the Bible you're going to believe and what you're not, you're not worshiping God at that point. You're worshiping yourself. Mm-hmm. You're making yourself God. Right. And if we want to go all the way back, all the way back to the fall. Adam and Eve. Yeah. We want to be like God. Yeah. We want to know right and wrong. We want to decide what's right and wrong. Satan. Right. So... So yeah, so that's the first step is the Bible reveals the truth to us Mm -hmm. of who God is. The second truth that it reveals to us is who we really are, who we really are. Because once again, the two extremes, there are many of us out there that want to believe we're awesome. We, and, and all of it centers around the comparison game. We look at the world around us, we go, I'm not a murderer. I'm not a, you know. Uh, I'm not so bad. I'm not so bad. I, yeah, I don't look, steal. I don't steal. I don't. I don't hit my wife. I, you know, like I provide for the family. I, you know, I don't have uh, an addiction. I don't. Da, 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 and we go through this whole comparison game, and we say, "Look at me. I'm in the. I'm in the top five percent. I'm pretty <laughs> awesome. I'm pretty awesome. You know." Um, and and the Bible calls us out and says, "No, you're not awesome. No, you're not. Um, here's the law, and the law." Uh, reveals who you really are. That that God actually knows your thoughts. He knows your motives. He knows He knows the things that you do when no one is around. He sees everything. Mm-hmm. And you're not awesome. You're not even good. You're actually a rotten, dirty little sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and He calls you out on that. Um, and uh, and this is back to Nehemiah. This is what was happening: was the people were hearing the law in chapter eight. Uh, Ezra reads the law to them for the first time. Some of them have never heard it right. because they've all been captives in other lands. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're reading the law again and they're going, wow, I'm terrible. <laughs> you know, it says that they're weeping and they're crying yeah. and they're on their knees and they're begging and, and that Ezra and the others are, are going, no, 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 it's, it's good news. It's good news. <laughs> like this is good for you to hear oh, that man. you're not, you're yeah. not so great. Because look, that's a that's a hard life to to believe you're amazing and awesome and you're the answer to all your problems and you can fix yourself and mm-hmm. you you know you're so great. Well, what happens to your world when that comes crashing down? What happens when it gets shoved in your face that you're not mm-hmm. and you've built your whole life on believing this fake identity that you're so great? Yeah, the, and your accomplishments and your achievements and your success. Right. And so it's good for you to hear, no, 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 you're not that awesome. Yeah. You're not even that good. You're, you're a sinner in yeah. need of a savior. And that's what, that's hearing that hard news because the gospel doesn't hit 
as good news unless you've heard the bad news. Mm -hmm. And the bad news is you can't fix yourself. You're not the answer to your own problems. You're not your own savior. And, and people are like, well, I can pick myself up on my bootstraps and I can do this and I can fix this and I can. And all of a sudden when they have to admit, I can't, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't. And in that hopelessness, all of a sudden comes hope because you don't have to. There's a savior that's come. And so it's good news. And then on the flip side, there's the other comparisons. There's the people that think the worst of themselves. I'm, I'm miserable. I'm worthless. I'm awful. Nobody would love me. Nobody should like me. Um, I'm alone. I'm unlovable. Nobody would want me. Mm -hmm. And the Bible calls that out too. Yeah. It goes, no, 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 child. You are so precious and you're so loved that God sent his own son to die for you, to trade his place for you. Mm -hmm. Anyone that a king of the universe would die to rescue, you know, it, it, it would, it would, you know, imagine, imagine, you know, the president of the United States comes to town and you go out there to see all the hoopla and the, see, I, I mean, I've done it when the president comes, mm -hmm. I try and catch a, a glimpse of Air Force One and the yep. motorcade. I mean, that's so cool. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And imagine like the president gets out and all of a sudden a gunman comes out and he jumps in front of you. Like what, what in the world? Like the gunman comes out and he's like, no. And he jumps in front of you and takes a bullet for you and mm -hmm. dies. Like, what would you think? You would be like, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Right. Who am I? You're the pre. You know, like, why would you protect me? Why would you die to protect me? Our king of the universe comes to save us from death and dies himself. Mm -hmm. That's how precious you are. Yeah. And so, you know, both, both sides are wrong and we do it with comparison that, that person that's down on themselves, they look at all the world around them and they say, everybody else has it figured out. Everybody else has got it all together. Everybody else, you know, is great at this. And yeah, and, and they just, they tear themselves down. Yeah. But yet the Bible teaches us who we really are. We are not as worthless as we think, and we are not as awesome as we think. Yeah. And sometimes you run across a person who feels so worthless that they pretend they put on a facade, they, they put on a fake front to boast about themselves or to be, you know, like, look how great I am, you know, because they are so damaged on the inside. Sure. And so that's how they're choosing to try to cover that up. Um, oh, I had another thought based on what you said. Hmm. It'll come to me. So yeah, it, it's good for us to know we're all broken, sinful, fallen people who are deeply loved and rescued and redeemed. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth of who we are. And if we could embrace that identity, man, would that change us? Embrace it and then share it. Yeah. Um, share that share that message, yeah. you know, so that other, other people know, you know, social media is such a, a slippery slope, uh, of comparison. Mm -hmm. You know, people it, can live out their entire oh, existence gosh. on it. And in, in a way that's, you know, that's boastful, I suppose. Sure. Um, and, and look, I know there are so many pastors out there that are all over social media and they're tweeting and they're Facebooking and they're doing I'm not huge on all that, um, mainly because I, I don't know. I, I'm just so burned out on on it because it's so fake. And, you know, I, I am one that likes to watch those documentaries. And you see the mental health crisis that has arisen mm -hmm. because of social media. Yeah. We, we step back and we're like, why, why are kids these days, you know, killing themselves at a rate four times mm -hmm. previous generations? And all the studies show it's social media. It is social media that is crushing them because of exactly what you've said, that it is this fake, look how awesome my life is world where we pretend to be something that we're not mm -hmm. and where a bunch of other people pretend and yet we believe the lies. And so we look at all this fakeness and all this comparison and, and, and it just creates the worst in us. I mean, social media really has destroyed so many people. Um, 
And 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 even if you're not like trying to kill yourself, there's all these walking wounded around. Yeah. That just who feel out- under, who feel devalued or under undervalued or or lack of self worth because by comparison, they see their you know maybe it's a peer or or some somebody famous um, on the extreme level who who is posting something and getting all this attention. Yeah. You know, and and for you to think, well, I, I can never live up to that. We all want to be loved. We all want to be cherished. Yeah. Even men, women, we all do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, but know, maybe no, none so. So much as kids. Oh, especially in those teenage years. The acceptance. And when you're, you're doubting yourself and you're awkward and you're, you know, all of us have that stage when we're, when we're in that in-between of a, mm-hmm. a child and a, a man or woman, yeah. you know, like, and you're, yeah, you're, you're just in that awkward stage and you're clinging to like somebody. I want to, I want to be cherished. I want to be celebrated. I want to be loved. I want people to to, you know, to like me, mm-hmm. I, you know, and yeah, you get in that social media world and it just crushes you. Yeah. I mean, I, I fall prey to it. Sure. You know, I, I sit there and, um, like Instagram is one that I, I just, I don't even bother with cause I, I've been on it. I, I still have it, but I don't, you know, hop on it. Um, because yeah, I felt like every time I was on there, it was like all these people are going on these awesome people. I don't even know. You know, these pictures and videos come up of people you don't even know, yeah. you know, and it's like they're on these awesome trips and they have this lifestyle and they look like this, you know, and, you know, and, and guys can do this, too. You think mm-hmm. oh, I, I mean, yeah. deep down, I don't talk about this, but you you think I don't see a, a six foot five, you know, absolutely cut man, you know, with, you know, living some life and going, Psh, I wish. I wish I looked like that. Mm-hmm. I wish I was that. But I know God is good and gracious. I would be the most arrogant punk if I looked like that. You know, like I would. And so you gave me the body of a hobbit for a reason. <laughs> I like to humble me because I would. I would. You know, if, if I was, <laughs> if I was, yeah. And, and it's good for me. But yeah, you, you look at all these things and all these lives and all these people and what they do and, you know, uh, uh, like on Instagram, uh, there's these, um, oh, what is it? Like, uh, golf influencers that go to some of these like nicest courses yeah. and play all this stuff. Yeah. And somehow I must've watched a couple of those. Cause mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, like, that's like my whole that's feed the, is all the it. Algorithm. And I sit there and look at this stuff and I, and I just stop it. I'm just like, what, what does it matter? I, I'm never going to go to this course, but I, I would never pay $500 for a round of golf, you know, like, but I, I sit there and, 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 there's a part of me that's like, oh, this is my chance to see what it would be like, you know, mm-hmm. like watch this. But then there is a part of my heart that's like, oh man, if I, I could, wish I could, I wish I could, yeah. I wish. I, and, and it's a dumb longing. Yeah. You know what? I got all the time in the world to play the most amazing golf courses when I get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even gonna care. <laughs> like, so what do I care? Mm-hmm. You know, like, so uh, yeah, we we just it, it, which leads into the third the third truth that the the word reveals to us, which is that the Bible shows us how God designed the universe to really work. Um, and, and God, you know, he sits there and he tells us all kinds of crazy things. And he goes, you want to know what life is all about? Love. You want to know what life's all about? Serve. The, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous in our world. That's the dumbest thing you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, if you, if you throw yourself to the bottom of the rung, you're going to get taken advantage of. You're going to get stepped all over. You're going to, and he goes, yeah. And there's so much strength in that. Mm. That's power to be able to say, Oh, I'll serve you. Even when you don't serve it. Even, even when you step all over me, even when you're, you're using me to step on, to get your way up the ladder, Mm -hmm. I'll serve. I'll do my part. Yeah. It's not about me. Um, that it's better to give than receive, that it's better to live with less and be content than to have, I mean, like all these things that God puts out and he says, you want to know how I designed it? Happiness is found in this. And we go, no, 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 God, the world shows us that happiness is found in money, the happiness. And then you watch these documentaries of these famous people that have it all and they're miserable. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, uh, Tom Brady, uh, uh, 
I, I think it was after he won his third Super Bowl, he was getting interviewed. And they were saying, you know, like, what's next? You know, like, are you know, and he said, well, I'm not content yet. Like, I've got three and, and somehow it, it hasn't fulfilled me. It hasn't mm-hmm. given me what I hoped for. I don't feel like I, I'm not. And you're like, dude, you got three. You're married to a supermodel. You got the life. You got three Super Bowls. And like, you're not happy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you watch these uh, documentaries on like a VH1. Like, what is it? The uh, um, behind the scenes music stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like, hey, like all these famous bands and artists and they're miserable. Yeah. They got the money, they got the fame, they got the, the, they're on the magazines, they have tours where they go and thousands of people sing their songs back mm-hmm. to them and they'll sit there and say, I'm sick of my own songs. Mm-hmm. I'd rather pay covers of other songs yeah. than my own songs because I'm sick of hearing them. And you're like, what? Like, if, I, if everybody knew me like that, I, would, I, I think I would love it. And they're going, no, it's empty. You know, and you step back and you hear all this and you go, wow. And God's going, yeah. Do you want to listen to me now? Because what I'm trying to tell you is this. I've designed this world to work a certain way. And if you listen to me and live in that, you're going to find happiness and joy. But if you work against it, sin is fun for a season. It looks enticing for a reason. Mm-hmm. But it will lead to sorrow and it will lead to pain and it will lead to brokenness. And, you know, like God gives us all kinds of things. And if we're wise enough to listen and and live in that, God says, look, here's the truth. It's found in my word. This is who I really am. This is who you really are. And this is really how things are designed to be. And God says that when we live by that truth, we flourish as a people and as a church. And God says, look, to the, the people of Nehemiah, he says, here's the law. Get back to living for me. Get back to following my way. Get back to listening to who I am and what I've done. And you will flourish. And they do. Yeah. They commit themselves to it. And for the next couple hundred years, until we get back on the scene um, in, in Jesus's day, they're like, Jerusalem does well. Mm-hmm. Like the church starts to go awry. And Jesus comes back and calls it out. But, you know, they, they get it back and it, it's a beautiful thing. And so what we talked about is um, how, how we see this playing out is um, the church flourishes when we truly embrace the truth, not fake it. Yeah. Because that's the, that's the final point. You have to want to hear the truth and you have to want to actually apply mm. the truth to your life. And a lot of church and a lot of church people, we do it on the outside, but not the inside. We, we go through the motions. We make it look right on the outside. And Jesus calls us out in his day. So this is nothing new. 2,000 years ago, people were doing this too, where he says, you are nothing but whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside and you're dead on the inside. <laughs> and how many of our families at Grace Hill, and, and I know this to be true because this, this is... This is a pandemic in the church, and it's all of us. We're all broken. We're all sinful. Where we walk into that place, and we put on a front, mm-hmm. and we put on a everything's good. And in reality, our marriages are not great. Our relationship with our kids, are, it's not great. The priorities in our family <coughs> is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our sin is out of control, and we've swept it under the rug and we're hiding it and we have these huge glaring you know elephants in the room that we do nothing about um and and god says look if you're going to be a set apart people for me you're going to have to apply the truth to your life and let it transform you and live by it and let it call you out and let it hurt and let it let it resonate in your life um, because I, I know you and I know, like there are tons of people, um, us included that, that we have moments of our faith, seasons of our faith where we're going through the motions and we're, we're no good to ourselves. We're no good to God and we're no good to our church when we're faking it. Yeah. So Grace Hill is a place where you don't have to fake it. Grace Hill is a place where you can honestly come up to somebody, um, hopefully a pastor or somebody that can help, you know, or in your small group or with your friend and say, look, we're not doing great, man. 
I need, I need somebody to talk to about this. I need somebody to hold me accountable to this. I need, I need, I need some wisdom in my life. I need, I need help. Mm-hmm. Like things, things aren't working right. And we got to be a place where we can do that. And what I love about Grace Hill is, um, I think for the people that dive in and, and step into that and say, look, things aren't great. Like, there's there's healing and there's help in there because the first step is calling it out yeah letting someone else know holding them accountable cuz any sin that you can keep a secret any any secret that you can have you don't have to do anything about if nobody else knows you're struggling mm-hmm. if nobody else knows like until it explodes out of your life in a rock bottom moment you can get away with it but once you start talking about it, and once you once you can start admitting, I'm struggling, I'm sinning, I'm failing, I need God. There's power and there's hope and there's truth that comes your way. And so as a church, yeah, we're not a country club. You don't come when it's convenient. You don't, you know, be there to look right and look the part and know here we are. And uh, I want people to think like my family is a, a church family and we're you know looks good on who we as you know like a resume for life of you know we belong to this church and all this and you know i i don't i don't actually subscribe to things i don't sacrifice i'm indifferent i don't i don't let anybody see the real me like at church we're not called to conceal we're we're called to transform Mm -hmm. everyone that shows up to that place is a broken sinner in need of hope hope and change Mm -hmm. me included you included everyone that's what we're admitting by showing up yeah i'm a broken sinner in need of help and change Mm -hmm. in need of dying to self yeah and being resurrected to life Mm -hmm. and when we finally accept that and embrace that and live in that then we're set apart people that Mm -hmm. change the world yeah yeah, and the example of that <clears throat> that transformation um, as you as you live it out and speak speak truth uh, to others um, is a way that God can use you for the advancement of his of his kingdom yep. and for the sake of of his children who are who are lost. And uh, yeah, I feel like that's definitely what. Um, planning a church in in West Omaha is yeah. you know because there are there are a lot of people who put up fronts and a lot of people who play pretend and a lot of people who yeah. beat their chest uh about over their accomplishments and achievements um but when it gets down to it we're all sinners in need of a savior I remember when we were planting um you know we we get together with other churches and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh there was two other churches that were planting about the same time as us. And both of them were deciding to go to like midtown, downtown, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know the right way to say this. They, they were kind of giving me a hard time about going out West mm-hmm. to the, to the suburbs, you know? And they were like, Oh, you want that suburb ministry, that Cush ministry, you know? Like, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, well, you know, there's broken people in the suburbs. They're just as broken as downtown and midtown. And they're like, oh, no, 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 man. We got, you know, like we've started up there. We've got crack addicts walking in. We've got all this kind of stuff. And I said, I said, yeah, I have, I have a mom driving a $80,000 SUV who's addicted to pills. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you got an addiction. I got an addiction. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, you don't understand, like, the, the fatherless rate in, in, you know, downtown is da-da-da-da, you know. I was like, okay. I got dads that are absolutely not engaged in their family's yeah. life. Workaholics. Because they're workaholics. Yeah. And they're, I, I, I'm like, look, do you have, do you have a lot of, of <clears throat> things going on down there? Yep, you do. I was like, but, but lost people are lost people. Yeah. And out west, they have the money to hide what they're struggling yeah. with. They downtown, they don't. It's out in front. Mm-hmm. You see it. You see it walking up to them. Right. 
And and I was like, and at the end of the day, when we, when you rescue one and I rescue one, God doesn't say, well, that one counts more because they are poor mm-hmm. and that one counts less because they have money. God's like, hey, my lost sheep is home. Yeah. Hey, and, and you know, we had some good discussions about sure. it, you know, but, but there was... There was definitely like this kind of like looking down on like oh you're you're going to the suburbs mm-hmm. and and but lost people are lost people and and in in some ways suburb ministry is just as difficult. I don't think one's more difficult than the other. Ministry is difficult. Ministry is a challenge wherever it's at because we're in uh, you know we're in a broken world yeah uh, of broken people and the degrees. Uh, of brokenness cannot be measured by us and um and and it's seasonal in some cases yeah you know and i i think i, I mean think... i was desperately poor and homeless as a kid for a season you know and we lived in west omaha yeah so well yeah at the time and um and so there are seasons of of that uh despair and difficulty and, and, uh, and challenges, um, for all, all God's children, you know, right. For all people. I mean, when we go down and serve at Heartland Hope, there's sometimes that a Mercedes pearls up mm-hmm. and we're putting groceries in the car. Yeah. Because, you're like, and you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. Well, cause yeah, you know what? You don't ask the question. Mm-hmm. They're there. They need food. Right. They might be upside down on everything, but they, you know, but they're trying to look apart and they're trying to, you know, whatever. I, I don't know what the story is, but there's, there's lost people everywhere and out West, the money like that, that only hides it and makes it harder to chip away yeah. at what the brokenness is. Yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And all the ministry is worth doing because we're called to, we're called to strive, you know, that internal external thing We're we're not, we're not told in the Bible to look good. Mm-hmm. We're told in the Bible to, to be good. Yeah. There's a difference. We're not told to, to follow Jesus on the outside. We're, we're told to have him change our hearts and our minds on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth will do that. The truth will set you free. The truth will expose and call out whoever you are. And no matter what's going on, the the truth will call that out and expose it yeah. and show you the right way. And that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. And through that, we can, we can bring more people along on the journey yeah. because the truth will set them free too. And we're building a church in a, in a beautiful area in a beautiful part of town. Yeah. And that place is going to be full of people who need the truth. Who need, who need Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Everybody we needs break, Jesus. We break ground in a couple of weeks. Yep. Yeah. For his, for his sake. Yeah. It's awesome. What's coming up this weekend? Uh, final week of Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one is, uh, we, we're going to, to be a set apart people, we got to cling to his promises, which means we got to be people of hope. Hmm. That that's one of the biggest things that sets Christians apart is we don't look at this world and go, Oh, it's all coming to an end. Meteors coming. There's no, like, no, we're people of hope that there can be transformation. Hmm. There can be life change. There can be turnaround. There can be salvation. There can be something greater that when, when we see cancer that it doesn't end there when we see brokenness that there is something that can be fit like that there will be a day all things will be restored yeah that's what changes that that that's one of the biggest changes or biggest differences between us and the world is we're called to be people of hope mm. like people ought to want to be around us because they just go you are just infectious i just love your optimism and hope that that's what we ought to be we ought to be that breath of fresh air yeah. to this world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, transformed on the inside and, 
in a way that it just it pours out of us. Yeah. You know, and people can can see it and hear it. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about the different promises that, that God gives us as an individual and as a church and how we can hope, how we can let that hope transform us. Love it. All right. This is a great message. Thank you. Very, very different. From, oh, from this each, one, yeah. Yeah. I went way, yeah, depending on which service you came to, I went way off script on yeah. I, I stuck to the script for the first one. And then, uh, yeah, two and three, I just went way off script mm-hmm. and just kind of ad-libbed. So, yeah, they all came out very different. That's good. Yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for today. Appreciate you. God bless. Yeah.